That's all right. We can talk about that later. Okay. Thank you. So um, today we're going to start what we're going to actually finish what we started last year, which is our In Love series. Hands up if you know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Yes, Sarah and Rowena. Great. That's fantastic. One of them is obligated to know what I'm talking about. So uh, um, the In Love series, we started it last year, um, like midway through, and uh, it was all about, um, you know, out of our love for God and out of His love for us, what, what happens? And so the first thing we talked about was freedom in love. And uh, what we talked about with the freedom in love thing was about how God's love sets us free from a bunch of different things. One of them was uh, unacceptance or feeling rejected or feeling like an outcast, either by ourselves or other people or from him himself. Um, God's love sets us free from bondage to sin, to bad habits, to the world, these different things. And also sets us free from fear. Um, God's word says that perfect love casts out all fear. Um, God is love. Relationship with Him is meant to be from a place of freedom um, and, and no fear whatsoever. Then we talked about restoration. We talked about how God's love had the ability, has the ability to restore us from the, 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 the horrible things that can happen in life. That through God we can see the brokenness and can see His hand have the power and the ability to build it back up again for His glory, right? But tonight we're talking about responsibility in love. Because you see, love is a two-way street. And for the past two times we've been talking about all this stuff, it's always been talking about God's point of view, God's love and what it does for us. Tonight we talk about the other side, our point of view, what our love for God and what His love for us compels us to do, what it gives us a responsibility to do. Because you see, if you don't have a responsibility to someone that you're in relationship with, you're not actually in relationship with them. So, I'll give you a story before we launch into it, and that is happened on February 14th, 2015, and for those of you who know, it was, and Sarah's hiding her face, it was our engagement. Um, so, what happened, do, do you, are you guys interested in the story? Because if you're not, I can, I can not say it, that's fine, I've been saying it all week, so that's okay. Hands up if you're interested? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. So, what happened on February 14th, 2015, was... Uh, I knocked on Sarah's door with a bouquet of lilies, which happened to be her favorite flowers, and said, Happy Valentine's Day. And we went out on this epic adventure together. The theme of that day was lost moments, taking Sarah out to all these places that uh, we wanted to go to but never had a chance, or things we wanted to do but never had a chance, and revisiting old kind of things from previous dates and that kind of stuff. And we went out, and uh, first we went to a restaurant that I've always wanted to take her for lunch. Then we walked on the beach for a little bit. Then we went to Eureka Tower because that view, I'll tell you what. Um, and then we went to a restaurant for a lover's feast, as they called it, which 
both Sarah and I didn't really like that much, but whatever. And then uh, we went to Luna Park because one of the things that Sarah and I wanted to do but never had a chance was go on the Ferris wheel back when in one of our very first dates, the Melbourne show, and they shut down the Ferris wheel. So we did that. We watched the sunset. We had some fun times at Luna Park. And then we walked on the beach and we walked along the pier and at the end of the pier uh, I got down on one knee after giving a mini speech that Sarah totally didn't pay any attention to <laughs> and uh, asked her will you marry me and then she after some time said yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing now the thing with engagements and proposals and marriage in general is you realize when you come to make this decision this commitment you realize that it's more than just emotions at this point. It's more than just how you feel. It starts to become, hey, I actually want to commit to this person. I actually want to give everything to this person. I want to put them before me. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight, responsibility and love. When you love God, when you love Him really, when you're in relationship with Him, you are compelled to put him before you. You're compelled to say to him, I love you so much that even when I don't want to, I'm going to do it your way and not my way. But what exactly does he tell us to be responsible to? What exactly does he say, this is what I expect from the people that I love. This is what I expect from you when we're in a relationship together. What, give me some ideas. What do you think he expects from us? Just shout it out. Really? Come on. We were all giggling together. I shared an intimate story. Come on, give me something back. All right, I'm going to ask, I'm going to pick on people. You ready? So, Marilla. Yeah, that's right. You didn't make eye contact and I asked you. So tell me, what do you think God expects from us when we're in a relationship with him? There is no wrong answers unless you say follow Satan. Then that's a wrong answer. <laughs> Yes, following him. Matthew, what, what else do you think? Love. Love him. You know what? That's a very key thing. What else? Matty, tell me. Make wise choices that he used to make. I like that very much. Steph, what do you think? <laughs> You're the last one. Caring, that's a beautiful one to say. Yeah, absolutely. Everything you said is right. And you know what? We're going to try and encapsulate it in two big things. We're going to try and summarize everything that you've said, plus many more that I know you were all thinking about but didn't want to say to me. We're going to try and summarize it in two things. You ready? The first one is responsibility to keep his commands. And the second one is responsibility to love. And we're going to talk about both those two things. So, responsibility to keep his commands. Do you know that God's love language is obedience? Do you know this? Hands up if you know what a love language is. 
Yeah, so you see, one of the beautiful things about starting to commit to someone is you start to read a lot of books about relationships. One of them, well, that was a bit sarcastic, but not really. One of the things that you, uh, you read, or you should read, I would recommend you read, is a book called The Five Love Languages. And uh, in it, it pretty much summarizes all the different ways that human beings both show and experience affection and love, right? And I'm not going to list them because I'll probably get some of them wrong off the top of my head. But do you know God's love language, which isn't one of the five, but God's love language is obedience. And I'll prove it to you. Let's have a look at 2 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. If someone wants to man the computer and bring it up on the screen for us as well, that would be good. So 2 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So this is a letter. And in this letter, John says this, And now, dear lady... I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. I'll repeat it again. You ready? 2 John 1, verse 5 to 6. And I'll repeat this part again and have a look at it when it's up on the screen. This is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. In another passage, Jesus is talking and He says, um, and you sh- oh, now I need to... Well, anyway, paraphrasing it, He says pretty much that I know you love me by you following my commands or by your obedience to my commands, right? This is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. So what are His commands? Again, tell me. Go back to Sunday school days. What do you remember about God's commands to us? Okay. You shall have no other gods before me. Mattia. God first. God first, yes. Um, Giovanni. You shall not murder. Absolutely, good one. Daniela. You shall not steal. Yes. Rebecca. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, Ten Commandments, right? You, you read them all, you know all about them. Do you know, so you're absolutely right, all the commandments that God lists in His Word. Do you know that a dude once asked Jesus this very same question about what, what, are, what are God's commandments? What are the greatest of God's commandments? Or read it in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. Now, this question was a bit disingenuous, and, but we're not going to talk about that whole aspect of it tonight. We're just going to purely take Jesus' answer to the question. And it says this in verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like a love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything else you just mentioned, murdering and uh, stealing and lying and honoring your parents and all these different things, the rest of the Ten Commandments, all of these things hinge and hang on the fact that you love God and that you love others. And Jesus says that this is, these are the greatest commandments in the whole of God's Word. In uh, what he was actually quoting is Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 to 9. We'll have a look at it briefly. If Daniel can pull it up. 
Um, and it says this, after Moses has just summarized the Ten Commandments again, he writes this in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 to 9. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and buy them, bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God is so, so, so serious when he says these commandments, but he frames them in the context of love me. Does that blow your mind a little bit? Does that blow your mind that God's first commandment and the key commandment that leads to all the other commandments is to love him? What other religion, what other form of laws or rules or anything like that in this whole world starts off with love, whatever. Nothing. It's not like the police say, don't speed, don't red, run red lights, don't commit murder and uh, you know, pay your taxes because love the police. They don't say that because I'll tell you what, that's impossible. <laughs> Let's not start on that because uh, I could be arrested the next day. But, uh, but yeah, no other, no other law system or no other religion in this world starts its rules off by saying, love, love the one that you are saying that you promise all these rules to. And yet God here says, these rules, these rules, these commands that I lay before you, first and foremost, these commands reveal something about me. Do you know when God says, don't lie, you know what that says about God? It says that he's truthful. You know when God says, don't murder, you know what that says about God? That he loves life and that he gives life as a gift. Do you know when it says, don't commit adultery, do you know what that says about God? It says that he is faithful, that he always, always, always keeps his promises and stays with you. Do you know when, uh, you know, whatever commandment you pick, if you flip it on its head and you say, well, what does that actually reveal about God? You'll be able to come up with a unique and wonderful view of who God is. So when God gives these commandments, he's giving us a blueprint, a picture of what he's like. And then he says, follow these things, do them, because when you do them, you follow my heart. And when you follow my heart, you, I see love. Obedience is my love language. I see love when you obey me. And when you obey me, when you know more about me and you know my word and you start to obey me, you love me more. And that should be your motivation for following his commands out of love. So again, let's, let's have a look at um, uh, 2 John 1, 5 and 6. And ready with that knowledge, let's read it again and let's hear what John is saying. He says, Now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we've been given from the beginning, all the way back from Moses, all the way back from Abraham even, when God first created the covenant with him. And what we just read, and he says, I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love with him and with others. When you walk with him and with others in love, you obey him. And it's a vicious cycle, vicious cycle of love. You love him means that you're obeying him. When you obey him, you love him more. And by loving him more, you can't help but obey him more. And it just keeps going around and around and around. And that cycle makes you more and more like Jesus. 
So we clearly know then that we have the responsibility to obey his commands, right? But from that obey his commands part, we also know that our second big responsibility is to love. Who are we called to love? God. Who else? Everyone. That's right. God and everyone. We're called to love God and everyone. In John 13, 35, and Daniel, I'm going to shoot through a bunch of these verses, so it's okay if you don't get to them. But in John 13, 35, Jesus says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, one of the key things that Jesus himself even set up when he was talking to his disciples, just on the eve of when he was about to leave them, he says to them, By this, other people looking from the outside in will see that you love each other and will know that you belong to me. That is the characteristic mark of Jesus on their lives, is that they love each other. And he was talking internally, he was talking about Peter loving James and Andrew loving John. And, you know, he was talking about them loving each other, right? But Jesus doesn't just say that. He says to love others like you pointed out. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48, in the message, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the like, only example in Scripture that we have of Jesus actually teaching didactically, it says, uh, you have heard, well, in a form, anyway, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He has caused his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So God, Jesus, not only calls us to love each other inwardly, and by this people will know that we are Jesus' disciples, but also he says, love your enemies. I'm chucking out the old way of thinking. I'm chucking out the, the, the misconceived notion that you have about what love is meant to be. And I'm going to reveal you the true nature of love, the way that God the Father himself shows it to us. And that is, love your enemies. Because that is divine love. That is love that goes above and beyond what us human beings can normally and naturally do. But how do we love? How do we do this? How do we love each other and how do we love others? What, what's the key? How do we do it? How? Mary, how? How do we love others and how, how do we do that? By serving them, yes. How else do we love others? Steph? I'm ready to say yes to whatever you tell me. <laughs> Can anyone help Steph out? Matthew. Through Christ? Yes. Through Christ. Actually, that was exactly the answer I was looking for. You see, the, the really the best answer that you could answer anyone who ever asks you this question about how do we love people, it's as Christ loved us. So how did Christ love us? Well... Firstly of all, he loved us intentionally. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, it says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Before even the world was made, 
God thought of you and said, I love you. And God said, I want you. And God said, I want you to be mine. And he, he made a plan before the world was created so that you could come to be with him. He loves us intentionally. He goes out of his way to love us. When you're feeling low and down and when you're feeling like no one else loves you, that's the time to seek God the most because that's the time that he will be intentional with his love towards you. When, when you feel that no one else loves you, you can be assured that God intentionally loves you. How else does God love us? Unconditionally, obviously. In Romans 5, 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. When we didn't deserve it, when you and I, when you were, you and I were thought of as the scum of the earth before God, when we were the least worthy people to enter His presence, you know what Jesus did? He died for us. Unconditional love. There is nothing you could do, nothing that you can do that will make God stop loving you. doesn't matter how many times you disappoint Him. doesn't matter how many times you're talking with your friends and then all of a sudden you hear in your, your mind or you feel in your heart, I should mention Jesus right now, or this is a perfect opportunity to talk about Jesus, and you don't do that, that will never make Christ stop loving you. That will never make God stop loving you. Whenever you uh, disappoint Him by falling in that sin that you keep falling into, that won't stop Him from loving you. Whenever you make the wrong decision, whether it's with good intentions or with bad intentions, that won't stop Him from loving you or won't make Him ever disappointed in you. It is unconditional love. And then the last thing that I came in mind with when I thought about how God loves us is sacrificially. And this kind of links very closely to unconditional love. But in Romans 5.8 it says, God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, every time God shows His love to us, it's in the frame and the portrait of, I gave everything for you. It's with the knowledge and the reassurance that I don't just speak about my love towards you, but I sacrificed everything for you. So when you love or when you go out to love someone, whether it's each other, other fellow Christians or friends of yours or your enemies, do you know what you have to do to love them? You have to do it like Christ did and you have to sacrifice for them. Walk the extra mile, turn that cheek, give them a coat instead of just what they asked for and like give them extra to what they asked for in the first place. You go that extra mile, you sacrifice, you sacrifice your time, you sacrifice your resources, you sacrifice your energy because people are worth it. Because God deemed you worthy of his very life. So, responsibility and love. Do you love God in the first place? Do you actually love him? How do you know you love him? We're going to have a moment uh, in a second to pray and one of the things that I'm inviting you to pray for tonight, that God's inviting us all to pray for tonight, is do you love me? Are you in relationship with me? Are you in love with me? And are you in a relationship with me? And if you are, what are your responsibilities towards me? could be that while God was talking to us tonight, He's highlighted some specific things to you. Maybe it's nothing to do with, um, you know, loving Him or obeying His commandments. Maybe it's a specific person that He's brought up in your attention and He says, you've not been Christ to them. 
You've not shown my heart to them. You need to fix that. But on the other hand, he might have been specifically talking to you about obeying his commands. And that includes the whole Ten Commandments and the whole lot. Not just loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, all the, uh, and loving others as you love yourself. But actually, yeah, I should stop lying. Actually, you know what? I should stop lusting after someone or having lust as a specific sin in my heart. Or I should stop being angry because an ang- a heart full of anger and hatred is a heart, as Jesus said, that is equivalent to being a murdering heart. So whatever, whatever is the specific thing that God is calling you to obey, whether it is just generally speaking, yes, love me with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, or loving people and or loving people, or specific things like that, you need to obey him. And then loving others and loving uh, him. How are you doing that? Is it, is it actually as Christ is doing it or is it just as David the human being is doing it? Because if it's as David the human being is doing it, it's not good enough. It's not what our responsibility is to God. So love Him. Obey Him. Love Him more. Obey Him more. Keep that cycle turning as you keep penetrating into the heart of the one who saved us. And keep falling in love with Him. And know His goodness. Know His plan and will for your life. And enjoy it while you do. So we're going to pray now. And you pray about whatever God is calling you to to speak to him about.